atmosphere team for making sure we have chairs and communion. Thank you for coffee team for making sure we have coffee. Man cannot live on bread alone, but coffee really helps. Thank you. I'm glad someone's here and someone's awake, so that's good. Thank you, Anya. So, hey, I'm really excited. We've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Eight characteristics that display love is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these, there is no law. And today, we're going to be talking about faithfulness. Say, ooh. I learned a long time ago that it's better for you to under-promise and over-deliver than over-promise and under-deliver. That just makes you frustrated. Basically, what you say you need to do, this is the easiest way to explain faithfulness. What you said you're going to do. And that's how we all are. We love love faithfulness. You'll pay more money to a company if you know that their product's going to be faithful. You know, there's sometimes you're like, hey, this is really cheap. Is it actually going to work? You know, you're like that. So, and, and that's, how, that's how we all are. We, we love faithfulness and we really appreciate when things are faithful. Yesterday, my wife and I, we decided that we were going to order some Uber Eats. We live a little bit out, we live, we live a little bit outside of Uber Eats normal area. And so we ordered it and it said it would be there about 1 to 1.30. 1 o'clock comes around, nothing's happening 1.30 comes around, I'm calling the restaurant. They're like, yeah, it's left. But, but I had the only Uber Eats guy in all of Krakow that does not have GPS still. So I have no idea where my order is. I have no, and you know, you know, who's ordered Uber Eats before? I mean, we've lived in the pandemic, so most of us have. And so, you know, and so you're looking there and it says, it'll be there between 1.05 and 1.30. And then before long, it says, it'll be between there 140 and 130. I'm like, how does that work? And then it's 150 and one. I'm just so frustrated. And by 215, I finally get my food. And I'm just frustrated. Why? Because Uber Eats was not faithful to their word, right? And that's how that's how we always feel. And the truth is we do that with relationships as well. We that's how we connect with friends. They're like, are you gonna be faithful with what you're gonna say? Are you and over it's like we build this scale. Of if, the, if you're faithful, then okay, okay, well, I'm going to trust you a little bit more, trust you a little bit more, trust you a little bit more. And we do the same with God. And I don't, I don't know why we do that, but that's just who we are because we love faithfulness. But the truth is that one of the incredible things is faithfulness is an amazing way to show the love of God to people and to show the love of God to him is by us being faithful. It reminds me of this story I heard a number of years ago. There's this British pastor. Oh, he was in London. He was finishing his sermon and there was a, someone in the back said, excuse me, I just want to give a testimony. He didn't know who this person was, but they're like, okay, this hopefully is not going to be weird. And so he's, this person gets up and said, hey, I, I came here from Sydney, Australia. I just moved here in the city. Right before I left, I was at King's Crossing and George Street. I guess that's important for us to know. He said, I was right there and there was this old guy came up to me and said, excuse me, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And that's all he says. And then he left me. I didn't know what to do with this. So when I got here, I found a friend of mine. Luckily, they were a Christian. They led me to Jesus. And now I'm here to join your community. You know, and the pastor like, oh, man, this is awesome. We're so excited. So actually that day, that pastor actually flies to Adelaide, Australia. And so he's sitting there. He's he's talking to a group of people. And he's having, you know, this conversation. 
with them. And he needs, he's actually begins to minister to this, this lady and he, he wants to make sure she's a Christian. He's like, are you a Christian? He's like, oh yeah, years ago, I lived in Sydney, Australia. One day I was on George Street and this old man comes out to me. He's like, hey, if you went to, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? So it really messed up, it really messed with me. And so I ended up, I ended up finding a church and I've accepted Jesus. I've been walking with him for a couple of, couple of years now. He's like, same story in like three days. This is getting a little bit weird. So he flies to Perth. He's in Perth and one of the leaders takes, to, takes this pastor out to, out to eat after church. It's like, what's your story? How'd you find Jesus? He's like, well, I grew up in church, but I really didn't know God. I really didn't have a relationship with God. And then one day I was on a business trip to Sydney, Australia, and I was on George Street, and this obnoxious old man shows up, and it's like, hey, if you die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And he's like, I'm, in a, I'm a leader in a church, blah, blah, you know, and he, wouldn't, he didn't care. I came back to complain to my pastor, and he's like, you know, I've been praying about you. I don't know if you know Jesus. So I accepted Jesus, and now I've been on fire for him for the past year. This guy's like three stories. This is insane. So, you know, like pastors, we love to tell stories. I'm telling you a story right now. And so, you know, so he's at, he's at a pastor's conference a couple of weeks later in London, and he tells this story. Afterwards, four pastors say, hey, 20 to 25 years ago, that's our story. He goes, he ends up going and he shows up in the Caribbean island, and he's ministering to a group of missionaries. And he's sitting down having dinner, and he's like, hey, you know, he's with the head missionary. He's like, you know, what's your story? How'd you end up here? He's like, well, there was one time I was on a trip to Sydney, Australia. <laughs> and I ended up, you can tell the story now. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I ended up on which street? street? And I met an old man. And he asked me if I'm going to heaven or hell. It messed me up. I gave my life to Jesus. And I've been, I've been spending my whole life ever since telling others about the love of God. So he's on his way back from that trip, and he stops in Atlanta, Georgia. He's talking to this Navy chaplain for the U.S. Navy, a 1,000 Navy chaplains who are focused on sharing the love of God to the U.S. military. He's like, so what's your story? He's like, oh, man, I was so lost. I was so far from God. But what, I was in the Navy, you know. And one day, our ship was in Sydney, Australia. I got, I got so drunk that I took the wrong bus back to the ship that I ended up on George Street. And I got off. And there's this old man waiting for me, and he asked this question about heaven or hell. It shocked me sober. I went and found my ship's chaplain, and I gave my life to Jesus. And ever since then, I've been focused on sharing the love of God. And now we have a 1,000 other chaplains that are doing the same. He's in India six months later. Hundreds of thousands of people in this church movement. He talks to the leader of this. He's like, what's your story? 25 years ago, I was a businessman. I was doing some last-minute shopping on George Street in Sydney. This pastor's like losing his mind at this point. So a couple of months later, he has the chance to actually go to Sydney. And he's like, whatever happens, I'm going to George Street, and I'm going to find this guy that has wrecked my life for the past 18 months. Everyone I meet's met this guy. You know, what's interesting is faithfulness gets noticed. Faithfulness is something that gets noticed. You see this in the Bible all the time. You see the story of Abraham. What was Abraham's story? God comes to him and says, hey, even though you don't have kids, you're going to be a blessing, and I'm going to make you a great nation, and from you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We see this with the fullness of Jesus. 
And Abraham was faithful to the word of God. You see this with David the king. He was the one after pursuing God, going after God, faithful to God. He makes mistakes, but he still goes after God. And because of that, there's this promise that from him there will be a forever king that will show up. And again, it's the fulfillment of Jesus. And today, actually, we're going to talk about an expat in the Bible and her faithfulness. Her name is Ruth. Now, Ruth has a lot of things going against her. She's a Moabite. Turn to your neighbor and say Moabite. Then she's living in a time period where it's just chaos. And because of that, women are looked at differently than they are today. And they, they're not treated equally. So they can't hold a job. They can't hold property. There's, there's just, it's a little bit of a different situation than what we have today. But then it gets a little bit worse for her. You see, if you begin the story of Ruth, you realize that there is actually an, an Israelite family that moves to Moab. It's Naomi and her husband. And they have two sons. Naomi's husband dies, but she has two sons. They marry two girls. One's named Ruth, one's named Orpah. Then they both die. And so now it's Naomi with her two daughters-in-laws, which seems to be a little bit nerve-wracking. You know, you're now in charge of your two daughters-in-law. They have no way to have a job. They have no way to make income. They have no way. The only way for them to survive is to go back to their families and find their families. And so that's what Naomi tells them to do. So Orpah leaves, you know, they bless each other and go goodbye. But Ruth says, no, I'm going to stay with you. Naomi, we're in this together. I'm going to be faithful to you. I came into your family and I'm going to stay with your family. And so eventually the story goes that they actually move back to Israel. Now here's something that's really interesting. You see, because of how crazy this time period was, it's, it's set in the time of, of Judges, the book of Judges. You can go read Judges. Judges is an insane book. There's all these people that, the reason they're called Judges is there's a couple of different people that show up to help save Israel. But over and over again in the book of Judges, you see this verse set, and it says, and people did what they thought was right in their own eyes. It was a time of chaos within the world. This is whenever the story of Ruth was actually taking place. Because there is so much chaos, God asked the Israelites, the Jewish people, his people, to not marry other from other outside of the, the actual Israel family. Why? Because all of them had this worship to all these different gods. For example, Moab, they worshiped the god Chemosh. And the way they would worship him is oftentimes through human sacrifice. And so God didn't want his people to be a part of that. So here's Naomi and Ruth. And they're going back to Israel. Now she is now a Moab, a Moabite. That's not good. She's a woman. That makes it a little more difficult in that time period. And now she's a widow. You don't remarry like you can now. You don't remarry in those days. So for the rest of her life, she's supposed to be identified as a, as a widow. The only way she can be redeemed, the only way she can be restored back to, to some level of success within society is, is if a family member of her husband was saying, you know what, I will actually take his place and I'll provide for her, care for her, and she will become my wife. That's the only scenario for Ruth. So here she is. She's stuck in a foreign land. She's an expat in a foreign land. Can anyone understand that? Can anyone relate to that? She can't figure out what's going on. And so the only way for them to survive 
is for her to go into the fields where they would pick grain and she would go behind the workers of the fields and she would grab the scraps that's left over and she'd bring it home to Naomi so that they would have something to eat. They would have something that they could actually uh, live off of. So they were, just, they were just surviving. How many of you know sometimes whenever you're faithful, it feels like you're just surviving? There's moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm just surviving. But she ends up in the field of Boaz. Everyone go, ooh. This is an important part of the story. So that's why you say, ooh, okay? I'm helping you guys. So she ends up in the field of Boaz and Boaz notices her for whatever reason, I don't know, but he says, who is this? Now listen, listen to how she is described. His guy tells, his guy tells Boaz, oh, that's Ruth, the Moabite, who came back with Naomi. You see, all of a sudden, Ruth's faithfulness was identified and connected with who she was. She was no longer just a foreigner, just a Moabite who, honestly, she shouldn't have even been there. She doesn't deserve to be there. But because of her faithfulness, there's now an identity that separated her from everyone else. And what's even more is you actually begin to see that the the worker says she's here from morning to evening and she only takes a short break. Shows not only was she there just with Naomi, but she was working hard to faithfully provide for Naomi. And it was something that people began to notice. Faithfulness places you in a place where people will notice. And so Boaz tells her, hey, don't go anywhere else. There's always going to be something for you to have. There's always going to be something for you that's going to be good in my field. So I'll make sure my people protect you, that you're going to be safe. You're always going to have something to be provided for. You see, now all of a sudden, Ruth is in a place that she doesn't deserve. You see, faithfulness will put you in a place that you don't deserve to be in. How oftentimes are we find ourselves in a position where like, I don't, I don't know how I got here but I'm so thankful that I'm here. I don't know how, how I showed up in this place. Why? Because when you're faithful, God loves to put you in places that you don't deserve to be in. It's not about your qualifications anymore. It's about your faithfulness. So just like how Ruth was standing in this place and actually had someone that was taking care of her, even though she didn't deserve it, even though she was a foreigner that didn't deserve to be treated like this, because of her faithfulness, she was in a place she didn't deserve to be in. But if you, get, if you follow the story a little bit more, you find that it's, it's quite interesting because there's a romance that happens between Boaz and Ruth. Oh, scandalous, right? You, you have to read the story the rest of your time. And why, why, is there, why, why is this important? Because Naomi realizes that actually Boaz is a distant relative of her husband. So he actually is one of the few people in Israel that is put in a place where he can actually redeem and restore Ruth to her rightful place and her rightful position. And so what you find by the end of the story is that Ruth is because of her faithfulness, because she consistently showed up each and every day, because she consistently provided for Naomi, because she consistently worked hard, because of her faithfulness, God restored her to a place of dignity and honor in society. Whenever we consistently show up each and every day in our fields, when we consistently show up, don't be surprised if God puts you in places beyond what you can even dream. Because you know what's interesting is she went from marrying a foreigner, an Israelite, in her own land, 
to marrying someone that was an owner of something that was very well respected within his society. So in this, this story is not just about marriage, it's about everything that was connected within society of that time and the importance of family relationships. You see, the faithfulness of God was shown to Ruth because she was faithful. She showed up each and every day. She came each and every day. She said, Naomi, even whenever it's hard, you see, Ruth's situation didn't define how faithful she was. Ruth's situation, she should have walked out. She should have went back to her family. But she said, no, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. So there's two verses we're going to look at right at the very end of Ruth. I love this. This is quite interesting to me. Verse 22 of Ruth 4. And Aminadab fathered Nashon. Has anyone named their child or has anyone met a Nashon? No? Okay. Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon, not the fish. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. And Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. David, the king. You see, whenever Ruth's faithfulness was rewarded, it wasn't just for her. Because if you read in Matthew 1, it's quite interesting. There's four women that are mentioned in that story. And I wish we could talk about all four women, but you begin to see the gene genealogy of Jesus. And it says that Obed, or excuse me, it says that Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Matthew made it specific to point out that the great-grandmother of David, the great king of Israel, was Ruth the Moabite. And if you follow that story later, you find that Jacob fathered Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You see, the story of Ruth now is connected to the story of Jesus because of her faithfulness things changed. You see, when we're faithful, it invites heaven to show up in our life. And when heaven shows up, eternity is shifted. Eternity is changed. You see, her faithfulness to Naomi, it attracted Boaz. And God breathed on that relationship so much so that David, the great king of Israel, would now be identified with Ruth. So much so that eternity shifted when the Son of God came back to earth, when, he, when man and God was once again restored in perfect relationship, Ruth is identified with that story because of her faithfulness. You see, faithfulness attracts heaven. It invites heaven to show up in our lives. If we show up each and every day, if we're consistent each and every day in our walk, if we're consistent with our relationships, with our jobs, with what we're doing, it invites heaven to show up. 
Now I have a question for you. How many of us are living our lives running around trying to find Boaz whenever God's asked us to be faithful to our Naomi? Whenever we're looking, where's my job? Where's my new relationship? Where's my friend? Where's my Boaz? Where's the answer for what, I've, what I'm needing? Whenever God's just saying, hey, just be faithful to what you know to do. And guess what? The Boaz is going to show up in your life. That job, that whatever it may be, that relationship, that friendship, that community, that fulfillment. See, that fulfillment showed up in Ruth's life because of the faithfulness she was to what she knew to do. Sometimes we're, we question, God, what am I supposed to do? What's going on? What? How do I do this? And actually the truth is God said, just start with what you know. Ruth wasn't looking for a husband to restore her or redeem her. She was just trying to find grain to feed Naomi. Just start with what we know. And if we show up each and every day and we're consistently faithful, watch what God does because that invites heaven. And when heaven shows up, eternity is shifted. You know, going back to our British pastor, he finally went to George Street and he found a little church around the corner. He's like, hey, does anyone know about the old man that's on George Street asking about heaven and hell? Does anyone know? And they're like, oh yeah, we know him. He's really old, he doesn't get out much. His name's Mr. Ginnor. So you, I, we can take you to his house. So here's the pastor, he's sitting down with Mr. Ginnor having a cup of tea. And he begins to tell story after story after story that he's encountered over the last 18 months. Just literally millions of people's lives have been changed just from what this pastor knew. Mr. Ginner sat back, said, this is my story. I was in the Australian Navy, far from God, didn't care about God, living for myself. I had a crisis in my life. A friend of mine helped me out in that crisis, led me to Jesus. My life was literally changed overnight. Because of my love for God, I promise him, I'll share with you, I'll share about you to 10 people every day. That was my promise. So I tried to do that. And I've done that for the past 40 years. And he said, until today, I've never heard of one person meeting Jesus. You see, he shared with almost 150,000 people. For 14,000 days, he showed up each and every day not knowing if anything mattered, not knowing if this question was getting anywhere, not knowing what he was supposed to do. I mean, can you imagine what he was like? He's like, God, does this really matter? Am I making an impact at all? Or am I just standing in the rain watching the shoppers go by on George Street? Does this matter? But he kept showing up. He kept showing up. He kept showing up. And heaven breathed on his faithfulness. And eternity was shifted. You see, we, we won't know this side of heaven, the impact Mr. Ginner had. Two weeks later, he passed away. Can you imagine the celebration in heaven of the faithfulness because of his love for God? You see, he wasn't looking for numbers. He wasn't looking for metrics. He wasn't like, oh, if I do this, 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 you know. He just said, I love God. God, this is what I'm gonna do. You don't have to be Mr. Ginner. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be someone else. 
But what is it that God's asked you to be faithful with? It can be so simple. Mr. Ginner asked one question. That was it. Maybe it's you being the best at your job so you can be a light there. Maybe it's you being committed to your relationships and friendships. Whatever it may be, what has God asked you to do? It's usually not that hard. This is the great promise we have. The fruit of love is faithfulness. God wants to partner with each one of us to show up each and every day and consistently be faithful so that heaven can come back to earth, so that eternity can shift. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you that you are a faithful God. God, I thank you that you want to partner with us and produce faithfulness in our lives. So that each day we're known as people that are faithful. That the identity of who we are are people that always deliver what we said we're going to do. God, we don't have all the answers. But we're just going to commit today that we're going to show up. We're going to be faithful. It may be something so simple as asking a question to someone. Or being faithful and honorable in our jobs. Or honoring our relationships. Or just spending time with you. Whatever that may be. God, we're going to be a people that's faithful because we want to invite heaven into our lives so eternity can be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.